What are you ready for? You're ready whenever you are, man. It's good. Well, Randy's cat is sniffing Libby's bag. He probably smells my two little gals on it. Cat gals. Your cat hose. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, welcome to Slop City. If you ever stay up too late sometimes, and then the next day that's how you feel, that's how we are right now. <laughs> I think. I think so, too. Even though I got a lot of sleep. I mean, I got I got at least seven hours of sleep. And it felt comfortable. If I could lay down on this table and just put the microphone by my face, that'd be the most comfortable. <laughs> If I could live stream from my home right now, no. I think I would actually feel worse doing that. What, laying down? Um, yeah. I'm do I mean I'm I'm doing great. Listen. It's a one drink minimum for me today. Mm-mm. So I'm going to pump this out. What do you got? McDonald's coffee? McDonald's coffee surprise and a Coke. Oh. Randy has a Red Bull cuz Red Bull gives you wings. Wings. <laughs> Red Bull gives you wangs. Everybody chug wang tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. So what do you have in your cup? Just regular coffee? Coffee with cream and sugar. Ooh. It's not good. Oh, no. But you have to do it. It tastes like somebody took uh, possibly a motor oil mixed with a petroleum jelly. (laughs) That's not the word I meant to say. Mm -hmm. Petroleum. Petroleum jelly. (laughs) Just petroleum and uh, put maybe a piece of a tire in there. Ground it up and (laughs) did it through a strainer. Very automobile tasting coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Sometimes you get lucky and you have good ones. Not for McDonald's. No, no, no. I just mean other places. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean places that are not McDonald's. Wow. Why did you spank the kitty cat? Kitty just got spanked. (laughs) No, no. Poked his tail. Tina and I were going to try to go get wings last night at Hooters. Believe it or not, they uh, refused service to us because they said our tits looked too good. And it would take away from the waitresses. Yeah, it was a little... um, It was upsetting because we walked in at what time? (laughs) About 11.41 p.m. And we get it. They were closing at midnight. But... I saw one man that looked older than both of us combined. <laughs> he put an order in and they took his order. So, I mean, guys, I think it's. I think we were profiled. The waitress came over and said, um, I'm sorry, ma'am. You can't come in here with those giant tits like that. I, I work for tips. You can't just come in here. Now every guy in here is looking at your tits, not mine. Then she put her hands on my tits and went honk, honk. (laughs) I said, excuse me, would you like to maybe make love? Not that that part. She was like, sorry, I have to take a Jaeger bomb. (laughs) Then she (laughs) ran over to the bar. But yeah, when it came to my tits, they were like, are you wearing a sports bra? (laughs) And... I said yes, because I never know when I'm going to have to run. Right. So I always wear a sports bra. And then our waitress, Candy with an eye, told 
she she politely asked us to leave. She said that we were caught. Did you did you just toot? No, that was my finger. <laughs> oh. <going. laughs> she, um, she was mad also because we didn't have the suntan pantyhose on. Well, yeah, and then she said that our skin was too pale. <laughs> I was like, check out that goth ghost girl over there <laughs> with her big tattooed titties hanging out. And she was going, ooh. <laughs> Randy, you can't make noise when we're trying to do a podcast. <laughs> um, He's over there sticking things in and taking it out. Is this a bit? Yeah. Yeah, it was Hooters. Uh, I was excited to eat chicken wings because – Everybody looks good when they eat chicken wings. So I could not wait to just not only have my mouth burn but have my skin burn because I like to let the sauce sit on my face until the very end. Because why would I waste moist towelettes? I'm not wasting those. I like to do it all in one pump at the end. More importantly, why would you have a restaurant that stays open until, I don't know, one – and not serve food up until the end. Missed opportunity. Hooters, take a lick of advice from us at Slop City. I mean, we could change a lot of businesses. If you have people drinking until 1 a.m., now I don't know people that have control over their emotions and can say no to food if they're drinking, but I am not one of them. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of America is like that. So you're telling me that at midnight, that's it? You just Nobody wants the to kitchen. eat? Nobody wants to eat. I bet if you took a poll every single night that you worked, Candy, and you asked, hey, do you guys want me to keep the kitchen open until 1 a.m. so that you can have some delicious chicken wings, boneless or traditional? Mm-hmm. I bet everybody would raise their little arms. They'd say, yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking whores. <laughs> You think we want to keep this kitchen open right about now? Till 8.16 a.m. on September 3rd? Yeah! So, I mean, it's just mm. kind of kind of mind-blowing to me. Um, first, That was the first time I've actually ever been refused service anywhere, too. So, It's the first time I've uh, gotten a fight in a Hooters, too. Mm-hmm. It was an accidental fight because all Libby did was turn around, but her tit accidentally <laughs> smacked uh, the waitress and the hostess. And they went, whoa, what was that? Whoa. Yeah, they, they they shivered like horses. <laughs> so but That was okay. We went to Denny's where they did serve us. They didn't say a damn thing about our tits. Mm-mm. Not a damn thing. No. In fact, the waitress, waiter, I was trying to, you know, kind of flirt with him. He wasn't having it. I kept... Talking about how I like sausage, and uh, he didn't want anything to do with sausage. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really enjoy all of our bits. He enjoyed some. Some, but when I got to the poop bit, he, he, I think he dissociated from himself. He walked away and picked up a cup and just sort of stared off into space for a couple minutes. Yeah, I saw him get a quick erection, but it went down <laughs> very, very fast. Uh, sorry, what was the poop joke that you made? I might have missed that one. Poop? Yeah, you made a poop joke to our well, waiter. Our, our, uh, I got decaf because, you know, I'm an older gal. Sure. 
And under the decaf cup, they put a coaster that has a orange circle to alert any other person that might pour coffee. What's funny is that they think that that place functions as a team. <laughs> because I've never seen one other person help me there. So Nobody that, ever walks by and asks you if you'd no. like more coffee. Your server does. And it's 10 minutes after you wanted coffee. Sometimes in the morning when they are working okay. as a team. But at night, no. So yeah, I turned right. the coaster over and there was a brown ring. Which obviously <laughs> signifies. And I says to the guy, I says, <laughs> is this, do I put this side up when I'm pooped in my pants and I have to go to the bathroom? And he goes, oh, no. <laughs> like walked away very quickly. Yeah, we were like, oh, is this a, <laughs> so we get it. We know what's going on, sir. This is an alert to let you know that there's shit inside of my pants. We got it. And that's he, fun. That's, that's smart. And that you need to bring a mop over because that's what it means. And he just was not – he did not want to engage at no. all after that. No, but let me tell you, he looked at me a whole lot differently after I won that claw machine in the fun zone. <laughs> he Didn't did. want to talk to us before that. Once he saw the power that I have in my brain, in my body, once he saw the champion that I oh. am, when I won that little stuffed fox – I'm His still, fucking tune changed, didn't it? I'm still in awe. When somebody tells you, hey, I can win stuff on the claw machine, you think to yourself, there's no fucking way because that claw machine has the grasp of a newborn infant that doesn't even know how to use its hand. That claw machine has the grasp of a very old woman with arthritis who is definitely about to pass away. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tina went up, surveyed the area. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a lot of space, though, because it was in a in a spot called the fun zone. And there was not a lot of space for her to sort of look, you know, on the sides, look. Usually what, I, usually what I like to do when I step up to the plate and do a claw machine game is I usually get out my tripod. I set up a camera. I, I survey all – I survey the entire location, even the bathroom, just in case because – I might need to check it out. And then before bef- – but here's the thing. Before I survey any of that, I immediately put on my yellow and orange reflective vest mm-hmm. just so everybody knows, hey, look out. Land surveyor over here. <laughs> I'm going to be standing here for a little while. I might dig a small hole just to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, So that's what I usually like to do. Uh, last night I was unprepared because here's the thing. When you're in the fun zone, sometimes – you don't know you're going to be in a fun zone. And that's what fun's about, isn't it? Spontaneity, right. having fun, living. And I I didn't have my materials. So I was at a bit of a disadvantage. Didn't have my tripod, I didn't have my shovel. I didn't have I didn't have any of that stuff. Were you wearing a sports bra though? I was wearing a sports <sighs> bra because I'm always ready. Okay. So I mean that could have been what saved it all. The sparse bra? The sparse bra. And I had underwear on that didn't have holes in it. So we'll get to that later. But, um, yeah, I, 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 liked, I love to survey the land. And the fun zone kind of cut me off. Wouldn't cock, you say? Cock block you, if you will. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I surveyed that fun zone very quickly because there wasn't much to survey. Right. Usually I like to do a head-on view and then I like to walk around to the side of the claw machine and I like to look 
from the side to see, hey, where's this claw going to go? How's it going to fall? Where will the chips fall? Are there any chips to win in this claw machine? Generally, no. I think sometimes they also, they put a mirror in there to sort of throw you off. Make it look like it's larger space. And make, you know, mess with your depth perception. So you looking through the side window, I think really, really helps. That was a a technique I'd never thought of. Yeah. I always look front on. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand. To be a champion... You have to work hard. You have to work harder than everybody else. You I have had to no f- idea. Yeah. A lot of people don't. And that's why these companies get away with it. They take advantage of children. They take advantage of very skilled adults that put the claw machine on their resume. Mm-hmm. They take advantage. They take advantage of a lot of people. One dollar at a time. Sometimes 50 cents at a time. It might seem like a small change. Oh, did you just pull it out of your... Car? Did you pull that 50 cents out of your car? Mm -hmm. No, sir. I pulled it out of my bank account. Mm -hmm. And I asked the bank to give me $60 in quarters. (laughs) Well, luckily, last night, I had a dollar on me. Mm -hmm. And it was more of like a dollar like, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to give this to Tina so I can watch her not succeed, you know? It was a dollar you were going to wipe your bottom with I didn't in want the to toilet. See, I didn't want to see her succeed because I wanted her to be like me. And being like me means never winning at the claw machine. Mm. I envied her, guys. I envied. Because I had only seen it on the internet. I'd never seen it in real life. Oh, you watch the YouTube videos where people win in those? It's kind of like an unboxing video. Right. That's fun. Yeah, those are good. But uh, I'm telling you, when I when that claw grasped on there, and even when it grasped, sometimes it lets it go if it can, jerks it too hard. Can I be honest? I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, Give please. you a game time play by play. Please, I saw honest. it drop, and it did the perfect thing because you got to get it under the armpit. That's the hope because oh. then it clasps on to whatever's whatever kind of body this uh, human being. Or stuffed animal has, mm-hmm. whether it's a sausage, whether it's a slim guy, whether it's a fox, whether it's got three arms, an octopus, those are always fun. What if it's just a sp- big round blob? If it's a big round blob, it's tough. I mean, you got to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You got to, not only do you have to survey the land, you have to call in some former coworkers you've worked with. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And have them come survey the land. So, how many people are allowed in a fun zone at one time? I've seen crowds up to 50. Oh, Jesus. So, I mean, when somebody really gets going, there was one night I won six things out of the claw machine at a so, bar. And I had, I mean, I had a group. It was it was almost like a mosh pit. So, you you're like a pinball wizard, but a claw machine wizard. Yeah. I really want to – if I was a musician, I would write a concept album right now for you, Claw Machine Wizard. Claw Machine Dive. I would do it. Mm, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You just have to accept your fate because uh, I saw the claw machine go down on this little red fox and I had a moment, a brief moment where I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why did I spend $100,000 on a PhD? <laughs> Why did I get a master's degree? Why did I do any of this? Why do I own a multi-million dollar home? 
you know, what am I doing? And then it all made sense, right, when I saw that little fox. Drop in that hole? Yeah. Well, first when he went up into the mm-hmm. sky, kind of like he he was like almost going into heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grabbed him from the dead, kind of like a mummy, and then oh, we pulled God. him up. And I was just like, wow. You know what song started playing in my head? Uh, f- uh. <laughs> Yeah, it was wow. I mean, that was really something. I I immediately came in my pants. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I I still think I'm in a little bit of shock mm-hmm. because you won it. Yeah. A lot of people say they're champions, but they're not. And this is not a sport that's for women. This is a man's sport. Oh yeah, me. I mean, the claw machine community is totally dominated by. A lot of weak men. Right. There are some strong ones. Most are weak. Just, uh... They drink too much Diet Mountain Dew. Is it too late for me to become one of the world's greatest claw machine Absolutely not. I mean, there is a really, really great underground community right now happening, even here in St. Louis. I know we're behind, but... I mean, New York City, do you know, have you Mm. been there? Do you know about New York City? Uh, No. Well, they have this amazing underground community. Um, I actually get postcards in the mail from them at different places they want things. So it's it's a lot of, a lot of women just, (sighs) they're doing it. They are, they are taking over claw machines and men are getting angry. They're starting to – I hate to say it, but they're starting to invite the women mm. to mm. their competitions. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I've shown up many times at a fun zone hoping to be noticed, you know. And people told me women can't be here. Women can't do this here. Wow. This is not for women. Mm-hmm. That if you're going to do it, you have to be perfect. You have to not be vulgar, not be gross. If you accidentally say fuck, they'll punch you. Yeah. And uh, so I've shown up at the fun zone at the Dorset Denny's for mm, months, you know, with the hopes that somebody will say, hey, you look like you're good enough now to be in the fun zone. You see how sad that is? That server that we had last night. He's seen you 60 times in the last three months, and he didn't even recognize you when you walked in. Well, guess what? Now he will recognize you. We will be recognized. You know, I uh, sent them a picture this morning to their Facebook account of both of us. They said they're going to hang it up. So So are you telling me that the next time I go to that fun zone, I might get to play in fun zone? There's a chance. I put in a word. That's all I can do. I did I did my best. But but wait, Tina, wait. What if it's a Saturday night? The place is packed. The energy is fucking sky high for uh-huh. the fun zone. Will they ever pick me out of the crowd and say, Hey, it's your turn, little gal? They don't pick you. You pick yourself. You get your big old fat tits <laughs> and you fucking 
push your way through. Oh. You say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, sir, excuse me. Oh, sorry, thank you. And then you walk right up to the front and you do a nice three-point turn. <laughs> Get your big, long tits, smack a couple of them in the face. <laughs> and you let them know, it's titty time. <laughs> I wonder if they'd let me get on top of the machine and drop my tits down and use that as the claw. There was no room. That fun zone was tight. <laughs> I, I mean, nobody no, could right. get in there. I mean, I think that would be phenomenal. So would you say, <clears throat> I would say that you're brave to go in there in a world where it's dominated by men. Not just any kind of men, but men that are competitive. Yeah. You went in there, gave no fucks, and said, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to get the prize. Yeah. Well, you have to keep your eye on the prize. Right. That's a old uh, old adage that my grandmother told me. I'm Is not it sure a if you've ever tale? heard that one. Yeah. Um, my Russian grandmother said that to me. She said, keep your eye on the prize. Wow, Just she like had perfect that. English. It was really phenomenal. It's weird that she has perfect English, but Igor and Svetlana still have their accents. Well, I mean, my grandmother was part of an underground claw machine. <laughs> Wait a minute. Gang. How long have claw machines been around, Tina? Longer than I'd like to admit. Oh, my God. Yeah, she did it in the USSR. Everybody she- thought that the claw machine t-shirt that she had was for communism. Little did they know, it was a claw machine that picks up baby stuffed animals and brings that into your home, and it sparks joy. So are you telling me that bumper sticker that she had on the back of her car of a claw machine wasn't the... Hammer and sickle? The sickle thing that's... Mm -mm. Yeah. Your grandma's kind of a fucking badass. Mm -hmm. I come from a long line of... Claws. She has paved the way, I think. Not only for you, but since I've been brought into this world, too. Yeah. I feel like she's paved the way for me and she doesn't even know me. Mm, she's dead. Yeah, she doesn't know me. Yeah, she's a dead person. Oh, God. If I could reach out to her right now, what would I say to her? Just thank, I would just say thank you. Mm-hmm. I would tell her, keep your eye on the prize. <laughs> Then I'd kiss her passionately. Whoa. <laughs> so the the claw machines in Russia, did, was it just filled with bread? <laughs> <laughs> that was a hot banger. Yeah, there was actually no stuffed animals. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just loaves pieces of bread. bread. Loaves oh, pieces. Of, yeah, not even full loaves. It was just one piece. You had to pay 50, equal to two U.S. dollars, so... I mean, she was really taking some risks. Grabbed some beets, too. Mm. There's a, they had different ones for everything. Herring? No. No hair. Oh, wow, that's Mm-mm. a surprise. Well, I mean, they had those, but people caught on very quickly that a piece of herring that small wasn't <laughs> going to be grabbed by, it was a two inch by two inch piece of herring, so. They could have just went fishing and got a whole herring. Yeah. I mean, they could have just pickled a herring themselves. Mm. So. Well, I I would like to honor your grandmother. Thank you for for making uh, it easier for you and I to play claw, claw machines. 
mm-hmm. um, for other women. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you to all of the women who have made this possible for me to believe in myself. And, I mean, I look at women playing claw machines and I just – sometimes I grab their butt cheek just to give oh. them a nice nod, oh. a, a nice appreciation for them. They're like, uh-oh, that. was that a man? And I'm like, uh-uh, it's me. <laughs> Keep your eye on that prize, little gal. And then you disappear and they're mm-hmm. like, who was that? Yeah. It's great. So yeah, I just I'm I'm really glad you were able to be there uh, with me last night for that. That was just when I when I phenomenal. I didn't realize how watching other women do it was how powerful it is. Yeah, because you know you feel doubt in yourself, and you're like, you know what? There's another woman doing what I want to do. It inspires you. Yeah, it emboldens you. Is that a word? Yes. What about emblazon? Is that a word? I don't believe so. What about embalming? Is that a word? Embalming certainly is. Oh. Embalm this. I'm going to hate when I get embalmed. It's going to really hurt. <laughs> you'll, you'll be dead. <laughs> how do you know? I mean, you'll be dead, but how do you know you can't feel every gosh darn thing that's happening to you? Well, you know what? You're right. I don't know that. But here's what I do know. I'm not getting fucking embalmed. Really? You're going to get fried? I'm going to get fried. I'm going to get toasted. What if you feel that, though? What if you're laying there on the slab, got your arms crossed over, you're like, oh, shit, that's hotter than anything I've ever felt. Well, I'll do my best to send a message to the embalmer and tell him, why are you hard? (laughs) (laughs) Turn down the heat, sir. Sir, there's no reason to be hard right now. (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) And you're hard? (laughs) What kind of fucking amateur are you? You're you're getting ready to cremate me and you're hard as a rock. <laughs> Fucking pervert. Maybe he had put embalming fluid into his dingus to make it harder. Well, guess what? That embalming fluid better get nowhere near me because I'm getting <laughs> cremated. I don't want that stuff touching me. I want a, a one of those burials where they wrap you up and you become a mushroom. What? <laughs> Is that real? It's like a green burial. Uh, they wrap you up in some stuff and you you become mushrooms. You know, the mushrooms. Oh, it's multiple mushrooms. I was yeah. like, if it's just Not one, one mushroom, just that's mushroom. a little sad. It's a green thing. Mm. You know, I want to make another comment. I want to make another comment about the claw machine Oh, okay. Experience. Yeah, thank you. Even after you did your claw machine thing, proved yourself to all those men in there. Mm-hmm. Look what I did. You know, I can hang with, with y'all. Some scumbag man came up to you afterward and tried to tear you down and said, yeah, you're pretty cute. You're pretty cute. What's your name? Mm-hmm. You said, fuck you, dude. Did you just fucking see what I did at the claw machine? I don't have to. I don't have to use the way I look to get anything. Yeah, I said, hey, lick my clit, sir. You better back the fuck up. And then he says, oh. Something about your mother. He thought I was Tina's mother. Okay. How dare him. Also. Do I have cheekbones like Tina? No. There's no way I could have borne her. And also, what kind of unhealthy relationship with his mother does this man have? For him to think that a mother and daughter are out at 1 (laughs) a.m. eating Denny's. You know, my mother, if I tried to bring her to a Denny's at 1 a.m., she would fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe he just thought I was a wild mom. Well, I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say he did not have a healthy relationship with her. His name was Steven, by the way. He, he, he told me that after he hit on me. And he did the look up and down thing. I'm like, shut up, oh, you piece so of shit. Oh, it's so gross. I said, listen, if I lift up this shirt and you saw these four rolls, bet your fucking tune would change. He tried to – he tried to – he saw how powerful and strong you were at that claw machine and he tried to take you down a notch. Well, and he – listen, I'm not shitting on somebody that works in a kitchen. I work in a restaurant. But he came out from the kitchen with his dirty outfit and then he he had to try to bring me down. And stood in front of the cash register. <gasps> Sir, I'm trying to pay my daughter's bill here. Sir, <laughs> Sir Stephen, my mother right here <laughs> is very elderly. <laughs> and she has to – she can't just pull a card out of her wallet on her phone. Okay? My pocket She has to set her purse on the dry bar. Mm-hmm. Then she has to get out her checkbook. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's the right check. I mean this is a process, Stephen. So you don't get to just – Jibber jabber, and try to stick your fingers in my coochie. Mm-hmm. Not today. I don't need any of that. Get out of here, sir! I'm trying to pay a bill. I'm trying to pay a fine. God, wouldn't it be terrible to have kids and have to just like buy them stuff all the time? What the fuck? I know. I would be so broke. Uh, there's no way. I I would not be able to survive. And things like going inside of a Walgreens. Like no. sometimes I like to go inside Walgreens and look at the clearance section. Sometimes I like to just go up to the pharmacist and ask the pharmacist things, even though I'm not going to buy anything. <laughs> sometimes I walk up and I'm like, hey, listen, if I had, if I happen to have HSV1 and need to fill my Valtrex prescription today, how much would it be? And then she looks up my name and she checks it out and she's like, oh. It would be $7.16. I'm like, that's awesome. Just wondering. And then maybe I come back. I, I talk to the pharmacist all the time. I say, hey. Wow. I have a runny nose. Yeah. So you think I'd be able to do that with a child nope. on my hip? And let me tell you something. That kid's not going to be on my fucking hip. No way. And would it be in your cart? Your basket? Absolutely. The only time you could take kids places is when they're still in the pumpkin seat thing. The thing you can carry. Because they can't get out. They can't fucking run around. Oh, you mean that? Oh. The little carry. I don't oh. know what it's called. Fuck that. You can't carry that thing around. I mean, you could put it in your cart. Oh, okay. But then where do your groceries go? See, your child stands in the way of everything. Don't have a child is what I'm saying. Mm-mm. You'll never go anywhere ever again. And if you do, it'll take you three hours. Yeah. One quick trip to the McDonald's of Dorset. Jesus Christ would take hours. Yeah. And I mean, listen, if you are used to going in, playing in the ball pit by yourself as an adult and then eating afterwards, can't do that anymore. Your life has changed. You got a baby. Think about what you're doing when you're having sex, fornicating. Think about what you're doing when you're buying sperm and shoving it inside of yourself. Okay. Your life is going to change. Mm-hmm. And you might think, but the pictures that I put on Instagram and Facebook are going to be so cute. Those two minutes of getting those likes are not going to outweigh the fact that you never can go to Walgreens again and look at clearance items. Absolutely not. And just think about, you know. Think about what your pussy's going to look like after. Think about the trauma that your pussy 
will endure. Endure. It's upsetting. Uh. I think that we don't really know a whole lot about pregnancy (laughs) (laughs) Um, or having children. Um, And that's okay. I mean, they say, you know, once you have your kid, you're just like, oh, you get it. You understand. I get it, too. But (laughs) I'm not taking a kid to a store or a movie or a restaurant or anywhere. Kids are nosy. They are rude. They stink. Their hands are always sticky. Whatever happened to kids that care about their hygiene? Those days are gone. Did they ever? (laughs) No. I don't think there was ever a time a child... All I'm saying is, if you're going to have a child, don't. That's all I'm saying. Just don't. Are we doctors? No. Do we know anything about this? Have I ever had a child? No. No. Has Libby ever had a child? Nope. Yes, I've had seven. (laughs) (laughs) I have, and they were all taken away by the state. And... Because I left him at home when I went to Walgreens. No. The state doesn't think it's okay to leave your children at home when you go to Walgreens or leave them and go to Cancun for a week. They just don't think it's okay. No. But I'm not paying all-inclusive for me and seven children. Absolutely not. They don't even drink. I'm not paying all-inclusive for kids that don't drink. No. I'm sneaking them in. If I decide to bring them. But that means that I have to buy plane tickets and everything. It's not happening. So just get rid of them. (laughs) You know, there's plenty of people that want to adopt children. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people. Not this time in my life. Mm -mm. I don't think I am either. But I don't know. Things can change. I'm a young, dumb idiot. Okay? Right now, I've got my eye on the prize. I'm looking at... Claw machines, like they're my fucking future. Mm-hmm. All right, and I have a. They can be. I have a Toyota Camry. Now that might seem like a family car, but it's a family car for me, <laughs> and that's it. I need all that space. And Simba. And Simba. And Royce. And Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Libby, my my other Ray. dog's <laughs> name. <laughs> Rafe's dog's name is Bo. But Libby insists on calling him Royce, which is such a stinky fucking name. Royce. Royce just screams like slicked back hair to me. Yep. But not good slicked back hair. A filthy white button down shirt. Oh, yeah. With pit stings. And like a a lavender tie. Like they're ready Mm. to go to their local bar, but they dressed up very nice that night. Oh, Royce. Good old Royce. A little Royce and Stein. <laughs> you know, I wanted to make an amendment if I could. I don't know if that's what it's called. But I listened to the podcast, not the last one, but the one before where we talked about, I talked about prank calling teen numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking about it and I'm like, how did we know what the guy looked like that came over? Then my sister sent me a message that said, I'm so glad I didn't know you were doing this. It was very dangerous, which sparked in my mind. The guy that came over the one day was not from a teen number. He was from my sister's high school yearbook. Started to come together. So we would troll the pages of her yearbook looking for cute boys. We were in like seventh grade. 
So that was 1946. <laughs> what year? This was in the early 1800s. <laughs> Yearbooks this were was very in, advanced. This is in like 87. Okay. And we would get their names of the cute boys, then look them up in the phone book and pretend, you know, that we were also in high school. That's how we got that guy over there. Because it, it wasn't adding up when I was listening to him. Like, how did we know what he looked like, first of all? Because we knew what he looked like when he came by in the car. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make a mimic to that story because I couldn't figure out how it worked. So we would open the yearbook, look for a cute guy, then look him up in the white pages and then start to troll him on the phone. Yeah. Thank you for your honesty. That is so that is so vital to this podcast. It is. because I mean, this wouldn't be anything without our honesty. And I wasn't being dishonest. I just didn't remember correctly because absolutely we, we did prank teen numbers. But I don't think we had any of those teens come over. Sometimes you remember things differently than they happened. Right. Like, I don't remember the ending to Finding Nemo. Okay? I don't remember. Does he find his family? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Sometimes you make things up in your head and you place Arnold Schwarzenegger in movies that he shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And things get a little fuzzy. All right? So it's an honest mistake. You didn't mean any harm by it. I didn't mean any harm. And ultimately, it's it's a story about, uh, you know, watch what your kids are doing. Because they're probably on the phone with teenage boys, inviting them over, thinking it's an innocent thing. And uh teenage boy will drive over. And who knows what will happen? You know, watch your kids is what I'm saying. Watch your kids, especially if he has a van. If some guy's rolling up to the house and he's got a van, just take a quick look inside the van. And if it doesn't have windows, that's a red flag. Big red flag. Send him on his way. So I, um, after the last episode, I have not an amendment, just a, uh, just a thought mm-hmm. that I'd like to share. After we talked about Johnny Rowland, <laughs> excuse me. After we talked about Johnny Rowland and all of that, my friend Mary, my childhood friend Mary, I was like, I started rethinking it. I was like, oh my God, that happened, right? And I got very scared. And I was like, it was Johnny Rowland, right? So I messaged my friend Mary. I was like, oh my God, do you remember when Johnny Rowland's lived next door to your mom? And she was like, ha 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 ha, yeah, <laughs> great times. Because I think my brain blocked it out because Johnny Rowland's uh, essentially. He scared me. He was an adult <laughs> man, and he scared the piss out of me. Literally. Literally scared the piss out of me. So I started getting scared, and I was Googling pictures of him, and uh, man, <laughs> I was I, – I cannot even believe how vividly I remember that. And I'm excited. I'm excited for everybody to start looking at pictures of Johnny Rollins and being like, holy fuck, you ding-dong ditch this guy? What I can't get over, the the – Part of the story that just boggles my mind is that you did this by yourself. How do you think I rose to be the champion <laughs> of the claw machine? Uh, you'd have to be a brave kid to be a brave adult, I guess. Brave kid or a sociopath. One of the two. <laughs> I just can't get over how much joy it brought you to 
fuck with this man? I was pulling one over on Johnny Rollins. <laughs> pulling one over late night. Had some snacks in me. Couple nerds ropes deep. Mm. Now see, I would have been more, I would have went an avenue where I was like, Johnny Rollins sitting outside, you know, maybe having a beer. Smoking a cigarette. Doing whatever. Jerking off. I would have went over and be like, hey, check this out. And I would have maybe done a dance or said a couple jokes. So then Johnny would say, hey, how about I invite you up to the news station and you be on the news? Mm, but he's in the helicopter. I don't think he has anybody in that helicopter with him. Because like I said, Johnny mm-hmm. Rollins is a public servant to the greater Kansas City area. Mm-mm. In my child's mind, he was my ticket to Hollywood. He would have been my ticket to Hollywood. I wasn't ready for Hollywood yet. Even though I did go to a modeling school when I was a child. But I wasn't ready for Hollywood yet. I was thinking about fun. I was thinking about vandalizing homes. <laughs> you know, I once drew on a mailbox, too. I drew on a mailbox. And then this friend that I had, I still can't believe that they said this. But they were like, you know, that's a federal offense. Wow. And I was like, you're seven years old. What does that mean? <laughs> and I didn't know. And I tried to wipe it off and I couldn't wipe it off. I don't well, even remember what I wrote. I bet you learned your lesson after spending 17 years in a federal prison <laughs> for writing on a mailbox. Mm-hmm. I wrote farts on it. No, <laughs> I don't remember what I wrote. It was probably something very stupid like that. What do you think you would have, your victim uh, statement would have been? During your trial of this uh, writing fart on there, what would you have told the victims of this heinous, heinous crime that you did? Well, my first – at this time, anthrax was a very, very big fear. Mm. So what I would have said is, Mr. Mailman that works on my block, I am so sorry that I desecrated – your home base mm-hmm. because in a way that mailbox was his office mm-hmm. and he had offices on every street in our neighborhood because it was one big mailbox that held 12 mailboxes oh. for each home. Wow. So he wasn't going door to door, which in a way is safer for him because then he doesn't have to risk a dog Biting off his dingus. So you're telling me you not only desecrated one mailbox, you desecrated a entire neighborhood's worth of. I desecrated an entire street's worth of mailboxes. Okay, now I see why you spent 17 years in a federal prison. Makes a lot of sense. But what I would have told them is, listen, I'm a kid. Farts are funny. If you don't think farts are funny, I'm going to fart right now. <laughs> and if nobody laughs, then I'll go to prison. <laughs> But what I did in uh, in my trial was right when I said that I I let a huge fart out. <laughs> I let it rip. I was just like, <laughs> and the judge laughed, and he said, "Oh, this is fun. Here's a pack of fruit gushers," and he pulled them out of his <laughs> drawer. I believe it was a drawer. Could have been his pocket, and he pulled it out of his drawer, and he let me go. There were some protesters. Did he but hit here's the what gavel? I said. Well, he didn't hit the gavel because there was nothing to be done. Oh. He just he tossed me the fruit gushers. He said, Get out of here, kid. That's the greatest fart I've heard in a long, <laughs> long time. 
And then as I was walking out, some of the jury actually booed me. Oh, wow. And I said, listen up, sir. You and your stupid fucking glasses. You laughed at my fart. Now, only God and you know that. But guess what? I looked over at the jury to see if you guys were laughing. And you chuckled at my fart. So you expect me to believe that your boo is genuine? Mm -mm. Not today, sir. And then I took my hand and I put it directly on his face (laughs) and I pushed him out of my way. And I farted the entire time out of that courthouse. I think one of the more important parts of the trial was your dad's, Igor's opening statement. Mm -hmm. He was representing you in court. He was representing me in court. And he told the jury, son of a bitch, you son of a bitch, you motherfuckers, (laughs) put my daughter in jail, I'll kill every motherfucker in this place. And your mom, of course, fainted. She (laughs) she was... She's so weak. She just put her hand on her head and just went, oh, Igor! And just fell. Because she didn't want to see her child in federal prison. No, she was like, somebody bring me my beet juice. (laughs) When she came to. And she farted as well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I appreciate Igor being there. Sure, but Uh, maybe if he didn't call. It was ultimately you, though, that got you off. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I didn't let that bomb ass fart out, (laughs) you think I would have gotten away with it? I don't know. I don't think so. No. I had to think on my feet, though. I was like, how do I fight a fart with another fart? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I got really lucky because, I mean, my whole life could have changed. And I also – Yeah. What I also uh, did was I I played to people's fears. People's fears were anthrax. Everybody was scared Mm -hmm. of anthrax. I mean, people weren't even handling pieces of paper anymore. The jury – all had winter gloves on. Oh. Looking at their pieces of paper. Their manila envelopes they opened up. Winter gloves. Mm. So I, I played oh. to that. I said, listen, I'm trying to liven up a town. I'm trying to liven up a neighborhood that is terrified every day, every moment of anthrax. Mm-hmm. So I went there with my raw hands, just normal hands, no winter gloves. Because this was summer and people were walking around with winter gloves on. Mm. They weren't touching anything. I mean, I'm sure their relationships suffered because they weren't touching their wives or their husbands or their 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 SOs or their children. This is so powerful. It's incredibly powerful. And it's a story that got pushed down into the ground because Johnny Rollins – didn't I, give a fuck. I think one of the most powerful images that I saw from that tri- trial, and they didn't allow cameras in the courtroom, but they did have one of those courtroom artists. And the image of you, this young child, it's sort of clenched. You could tell that you were tooting, clenched, and he made like a smoke thing behind you. The court, it looked like a piece of broccoli. Yeah, to indicate like a, a fart. Mm-hmm. And and that court artist didn't have to draw that fart on there. We no. could have inferred it, but he did. And when it hit that pa- when the papers, the Kansas City papers mm-hmm. on uh, Monday, the 17th of 1997, whoa. Eight-year-old farts and saves Lenexa, Kansas. And the people on the streets cheered, we don't have to be afraid of anthrax anymore. Mm-hmm. People I, were sucking each other off. <laughs> they, they took were, all their winter gloves and shoved them up their fucking asses. 
used them as Benoit balls. Yeah. I saw one guy shove two pairs of thin Thinsulate winter gloves into his ass. And for anybody that knows, the name of those winter gloves are Thinsulate, but they're not thin. Mm-mm. They are very thick. <laughs> God. You what saved a, a nation. Mm-hmm. One fart at a time. You saved a nation. And now you go to the fun zone and save a nation again. Tina. Mm-hmm. You save a women's nation. Women that might say, you know, I'm not good enough to play a freaking claw machine. I'm not smart enough to play a freaking car machine or a claw machine. Women that might have said, you know what? It's my time to play a claw machine. I'm going to do it now. You gave those people strength. I know you gave me strength. You gave those people strength. You gave people a purpose, Tina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People that are walking yeah. around with winter gloves on, Tina. Mm-hmm. And you said, take those winter gloves off. Take your bras off. My mom's not even wearing a bra. Yeah. Uh-huh. Say. Okay, so back to courtroom sketches. Did you watch that? <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the Ted Bundy documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You did on Netflix. We both did. Um... <laughs> Dude, that sketch that they made of him, the, the photo that a courtroom artist drew. With the unibrow. Oh, my God. And they're like, oh, my God, it looks exactly like him. <laughs> I screenshotted. I paused the documentary and took a picture of this photo of Ted Bundy because it looks nothing. It looks, it looks so incredibly dumb and fake. Where is this? Oh, my God. Look at him says the sketch was yeah. not very detailed. Yeah. <laughs> this side profile, it looks like just a guy wearing a hat. He looks like a cartoon. <laughs> Randy, look at this. Oh, God. And that is the one that they say the sketch was not very detailed, but it was Ted Bundy. It's a cartoon. <laughs> it looks like a child drew that. Kenny Kynes the other night was doing a bit about Ted Bundy and how this is like a prime example of white privilege uh-huh. and how when he abducted the girls, he said his real name so that people could hear were in earshot. And he's like, this is a perfect example of white privilege. He told them his real name. Yeah. That's how fucking delusional that guy was. And then he escaped twice. He shimmied his skinny little white body through the ceiling, got out of there, and then he fooled them while he was, like, on trial for something else. They were like, well, we don't know this man's name, so we can't really charge him with anything. But they're, like, saying this while he's sitting in the chair, like they're speaking at him. What an idiot. Oh, God. Our justice system has really come a long way. It certainly has. Good God, the internet. That would have... If the internet was around, he would have been done so. He also talked about how he got from Colorado to Florida with no money. He took a plane, he took a bus, he took a car, he walked. Like, how does somebody get to Florida without any money unless you're a white man? Yeah. There's, you can't. (laughs) Just taking a leisurely stroll to Florida. No, he just stole credit cards and fucking farted around 
with this stupid white fucking skin. What his a unibrow. Fuckstick. Yeah, and his unibrow. He had a unibrow. I it's a like a partial brow. I know we talked about it last time. For sure, but it's still worth noting that it's not like it was just some It's not like he was the most beautiful man in the world. Right. He looked like he could work an office job. And in some people's minds that is beautiful. But to me, I say, where's his fun features? There isn't any. I guess you just expect a monster to look like a monster. Mm-hmm. He just looked like a regular guy. No. <sighs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy and everything he did. Fuck him. Yeah, he got fucking executed. He what got I- killed. He got killed. He got killed. What I don't like is that he, like, became religious before he died. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get to fucking do that. But if you're Catholic, you do. I could literally go out and kill somebody right now and go to confession and still get into heaven according to Catholic stuff. Really? Yeah, if I feel – if I repent. Do you think that they would let me into heaven even though I wrote farts on a mailbox? Even though I desecrated a federal – If you go to confession and tell the priest that you feel sorry for what you did, you're cleared. Really? Yeah, that's the great thing about being a Catholic. You can fuck up all week, go to church on Sunday, confess your sins. You're ready for another week of debauchery. You know, I once shit in a few sinks because I thought it was funny. (laughs) Uh, They were friends of mine. Were they logs or like diarrhea? A little bit of both. Wow. Isn't it amazing I had that much shit stored in my body? Wow. But I shit in their sinks. Hmm. How'd you get it out? Um, oh, I just put my little bottom over the sink and I shit in it. No, how'd Do you get the turds out? Or did someone else have to get your turds someone out? Someone else had to get my turds out. Someone had to put on a thin slate glove mm-hmm. and get a turd out. Yeah. Do you know that now that I look back at uh, those horrible things that I did <laughs> and... If somebody did that to my house, I would vomit. If somebody shit inside of my sink, I would vomit. A lot of your pranks involve poop and farting. What does that say about you? That I am a very intelligent woman. That I like to have a good time. That life's not as tough as it's made out to be. That you like butt sports. Yeah. I I love butt (laughs) sports. (laughs) And while the claw machine may be all with my hands... I'm clenching my anus so tight the entire time. So technically, it's a butt sport. You could probably pick up a a stuffed animal with your butthole, you think? Possibly. Would you you be able to open it? Would you be able to manipulate your butthole enough where you can open it and close it? I think I could absolutely manipulate my butthole. I think, does your butthole breathe? I think so. Have you ever put your finger by your butt when you farted? No. You need to. I don't know if I can handle no, that. No, you need to feel that your butthole moves. <laughs> I mean, are you talking like raw b-hole or I'm just talking, like by my underwear? Well, there's different levels. <laughs> I've done the underwear and it's a slight movement. But I've also put it right next to there because I wanted to – do I feel air coming out? Like what – find time this week. <laughs> if you're home alone or not, don't be ashamed. You know, I'm telling you I've done this so there's no reason for you to be ashamed. Put your finger not in your butthole. Just place it near. 
Okay, so I mean, so, eight inches. I have powerful farts. Closer, closer. I mean, that. it needs to be close enough where you can, maybe on the edge of your butthole. Okay, so we talk about being at the edge of a mosh pit. Put your finger at the edge there, so that you can, when the tube comes out, it's got to be powerful. It can't be one of those. It's got to be a, a one that's bringing some power. It can't be a Caesar Milan. Too. No, it's got to be one that you know is got some force behind it, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to feel it move, and it'll change farts for you. Do you think <laughs> that I will be able to come back from it if I do place my little fingers <laughs> near my asshole? Just one, and you I need fart. Two. Oh, I just need one. Yes, my asshole's very big. <laughs> Okay, so do you think that if I place my entire hand under my butt mm-hmm. when I fart, and if a little bit of caca comes out, <laughs> <laughs> do you think I'll be able to come back from it? Yeah, you just go wash your hand. Okay. But that's not the safe. The safest thing to do is take one finger, your pointer finger. Okay. Slide it down your butt crack until you feel the the little bit of your bunghole where the skin sort of changes where it's different then say to yourself release release the fart the finger will be there and you'll feel a movement and it'll change your it really will change the way you feel about farts so will i feel my butthole move and also the fart exiting my soul will i feel a little bit of both you will feel it an air and also a movement and the movement, will it um, <laughs> will it rip my underwear or just kind of? There, no, because your finger will be inside of your underwear. Okay. You're yeah. protecting your underwear at this point because your finger is very – I wish I could find a diagram. I don't know where my butthole is. <laughs> just put your finger there until you're like, oh, and then stop and huh. then toot. So uh, my next question for you is, uh, how long have you been doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, because it sounds like you have a, uh, it sounds like you have a 401k for this. It sounds like you have been doing it for so long that you have... Such a such a system. No, this is not something that I'm doing constantly. It's just this is something that I've done, mm-hmm. and it changed the way that I thought about farts. There's more of an appreciation. You fart sometimes, and and you don't really think about it. You just think, oh, that's just part of what my body does. But once you're able to sort of ground yourself, if you will, and mm-hmm. ground your fart onto your hand. It makes you think, oh, my body is doing something to make this happen. There's digestion going on. There's gases being released. There's physical gas coming out of a hole in my backside. So it's like a connection. It's like if I lost my hand, but I still felt it's like a phantom limb almost. Like if I lost my hand, but I was still like, I feel my hand touching Mm -hmm. this woman's titty, even though I don't have a hand. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's kind. Is it kind of like that? Like it, it makes a little more sense. It's uh, mind, body, soul connected, and mindfulness. You're like, wow. Yes, mindfulness. So being aware of what's happening to your body at that moment. So can you, uh, before you even have a fart come out, can you picture the the shape, mm-hmm. the color, the viscosity, mm-hmm. the? Can you picture all of that? Yes. You just. And I visualize uh, all negative energy, you know. Mm -hmm. I place it in my sphincter. Mm. As I feel a toot coming, I take that negative energy, the stress, siphon it uh, mentally, of course. I'm not actually siphoning anything into my sphincter. Oh, no. I'm placing it into my sphincter and then I will release. And with the release of the actual flatulence is the metaphorical release of stress, um, negativity. Wow. It is very powerful. So you feel closer to your asshole. Incredibly. Mm. I also feel, like I said before, incredibly grounded as a human being on this earth. Oh, like you can't leave your home because your yes. parents or agoraphobic. <laughs> also, I've heard I haven't done this yet that if you remove your shoes and place them on the ground, not a floor, it has to be the earth, and then put your finger by your butthole. It's like creating a perfect circle with the earth. You are one with the earth. Okay, so um, a place that I feel very, very present at is a hibachi grill. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they oh, incre- they're incredible. They catch uh, an onion on fire. They mm-hmm. toss a little shrimp into mm-hmm. your mouth. It's so fun, and I just feel so present. And every time I go there, I <laughs> mm-hmm. sorry, I'm uh, so excited talking about it. Uh, <laughs> Every time I go to a hibachi grill, I like to feel so present that I take my shoes mm-hmm. and my socks off and I I take my pants <laughs> off. <laughs> but not all the way. I take my pants off to the point where my bare ass is touching the bench. Oh, and I, yes. That's so powerful. <laughs> it's so powerful. And you know how when you go to a hibachi grill that sometimes um, – you sit next to people that you don't know mm-hmm. because they just don't have enough hibachi grill chefs per right. capita. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they place you with people you don't know. And so it's fun. Like I feel so mm-hmm. connected to their culture. Right. And uh, especially to the wooden bench that I'm sitting on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my feet get a little stinky, but it's all part of being present. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a place that I feel really safe and really present. Do you think that um, as this hibachi oh, wow. grill chef is tossing a little shrimp into my mouth? Mm-hmm. Because I always catch them. Wow. <laughs> it's not – I don't just grab it with my hand and then place it in my mouth. I always try to catch it with my mouth. Um, even if it's hot? <laughs> even wow. if it's hot. Wow. So do you think that that would be a good place for me to feel the movement of my anus for the first time ever? You know, it – you know, I do you think it would be a little rude? I can't say. First of all, let me just say thanks for sharing that. And also, I can't tell you where you're going to feel the most grounded. 
I know where I feel the most grounded. That's with the earth, the mother earth. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the street. Yeah. In a in busy intersection. Uh, so, you know, the only thing you can do is try. Try it out. You know, I'd love for our listeners to tell us where they feel most grounded uh, and can touch their buttholes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And maybe we can explore. Maybe there'll be places that I never thought of to feel grounded and touch my butthole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in your boss's office. In my boss's office. You're having a routine quarterly meeting. And here's the thing. If you just tell them that you're going to do it, <laughs> it's not a big deal. They can't be uncomfortable. And if they are, that's not your problem. Mm-mm. You're doing what's best for you and your mindfulness. How do you stay present? You're not worried about how your boss stays present. No. He's not paying you. He's not paying you to take care of you know, yourself. He's not paying you for your self-care. Mm-mm. Your self-care, you're in charge of it. Mm. I feel like this this episode has gone off the rails in that this one was full of so much vulnerability, uh, so much truth. So, I mean, everything really that we talked about was true. And I feel it would be a disservice if uh, we didn't all uh, embrace each other naked in Randy's bed after we're done. (laughs) Because I feel really close with you guys right now. And I would love to explore each other's bodies more. each other's bodies oh god ah holy fuck (laughs) (laughs) apparently we're we already are randy yeah we are sims characters and libby and randy have been (laughs) woohooing like crazy holy fuck (laughs) oh man Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny, but it's so ridiculous. We would be remiss if we didn't <laughs> take this opportunity to um <laughs> Is there anything better than laughing with your friends? Uh, I don't think so. There's not. Holy fuck. <laughs> we uh so guys after we log off <laughs> from this episode we are all going to be laying in a full size bed <laughs> uh, maybe some of us laying some of us sitting up some of us on our knees uh uh-huh. there's always the guy on his knees during a Sort of threesome. <laughs> a sort of threesome. 
Like, I wouldn't call it a threesome, even though it's three of us, because it's threesome seems very uh, pornographic, and this is more about mindfulness and self care. Yeah. I mean, there would be absolutely no penetration, <laughs> which I believe for a threesome to constitute a threesome, there must be some kind of penetration. And I think that if you just lightly caress, I mean, does your. <laughs> Does <laughs> Does urinating on somebody count? <laughs> oh, so whoa. I mean, if I'm urinating, <laughs> if I'm urinating on you guys, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> does that count as a threesome or an accident? I don't know. Urinating on people might be your self-care. You can't tell people what their own self-care is. Mm -mm. I think that if you're going to urinate on somebody, it needs to be in a shower. I have tried that. It's too much cleaning. If you're urinating on somebody in bed, not only are you (laughs) – it could be fun in the moment, but you're making a lot of work for somebody later. Have you ever tried to pee on somebody when you haven't really had to go pee? It's not fun. It's just a couple of droplets, and you're like, why did we even do this? And you're like, oh, my God, those little droplets were big. (laughs) It's like, why did we? Each little droplet is half a cup of No, each droplet was a little droplet. Just a a droplet. And, uh, you know, I'll never do it again. Don't ask me to piss on you. I won't because I'll always remember that time where I couldn't. Yeah, and, and the person that you were urinating on was, like, so hard and excited. Whoops. And then you, you just kind of let them down with the tiniest little droplet. And you just walk away kind of embarrassed. Like, mm. oh, I'll see myself out. Oh, I guess I'm going to go wipe these droplets off of Don't even need to wipe it. There wasn't, wasn't enough liquid to even wipe. So I'm going to go pass away now. I'll see you later, guy. God damn it. I feel like I need to do a hymnal or something, but I think it's a a good time for us to thank the listening audience for Mm. listening. I want to ask you, we forgot to do this last week. Who would you, who would you let uh, eat crackers in your bed this week, Tina? And what kind of crackers? Okay, um, so I am going to, this week, I am going to, <clears throat> well, I think at that, I'm going to go with uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. is Was that what you were going to say? No. Oh, good. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Bill Murray, because uh, he's quite elderly now, so mm-hmm. I would feel safe with him. And uh, the crackers that I would eat in bed with him are, again, going to be garlic and herb triscuits. Mm. I love garlic. Yeah. And I want to share the magic of garlic with any man that eats crackers in my bed. Hmm. Or woman. So, yeah, I think that's that's who I'm going to go with. I think my pick this week is going to be a woman. And her name is Jane Lynch. And she's so incredible. Any 
excuse me, I'm like choking up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, she's an incredible comedian and actress, and I would love to like sit with her and get some tips from her because she does a comedy I love that, uh, like when she's in documentaries, you don't know if she's acting or if that's real. That's the kind of shit I love. What documentary was she in? A mockumentary. I'm sorry. Oh, she okay, was okay. in uh, mockumentaries. Yeah, Jane uh, Lynch is fucking hilarious. She's so great. As far as what kind of crackers, I don't know. Uh, maybe just a, a saltine with sea salt. I love that you specified sea salt. Yeah, I like the sea salt. That's, That's my pick. That's good. That's a fun one. Randy, who'd you let eat crackers in your bed? Uh, James Spader, because oh. he's kind of got the eye thing. He could look one eye on my butthole. <laughs> wow. James Spader. That is great. Really, really just using. You don't need somebody to look at your butthole, Randy, when you have a finger. You don't need somebody to look at your butthole when you have a mirror. Hop up on your sink, put your asshole <laughs> straight up to that mirror, or hop up on a claw machine and put your asshole there. There's a mirror in the back. <clears throat> and lots of uh, colorful toys. Yep. That you can compare the color of your asshole to. God, I can't <laughs> wait to hear about... Um, our listener, Krista's son's anus over the course of his life. Mm -hmm. Just want to put that out in the I universe. Still haven't, I'm so excited. I haven't made the <clears throat> colorful diagram where people can rate, but I'm going to do that this week. It's great. By the time you heard this, it'll be last week. So You'll already have seen the diagram. I appreciate people uh, have been uh, commenting on our Facebook and rating us on iTunes. Also, I'd like to clarify... You know, there's two fellas that I get mixed up. Colton Shaw and Jeremy Dolce. At one time, they both had blonde hair. Somehow I... And they're both super fans. But I would like to specify that Colton Shaw is the listener that came up with the bags of diarrhea rating system and not Jeremy. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my so God. Jeremy, Colton, thank you. Jeremy's been getting the credit. Uh, but Jeremy also does a lot of other funny stuff. So, you know, they're both great fans that at one time had blonde hair. And to me, as an elderly woman, that's the same thing. Well, yeah, Libby can't see. I mean, she doesn't. I wear glasses from the Dollar Tree. <laughs> what do you think? They're good glasses? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? They're helping? Yeah. So shout wow. out to Colton Shaw for uh, coming up with one of the best systems of rating something. In the whole world. Mm -hmm. I'd give Colton five bags of diarrhea out of five bags. Filled to the brim. Almost overflowing. Almost. But we like close them off. You have to, when you carry them, you have to be careful or the diarrhea will spill out. Any fish that's in that bag of diarrhea, he ain't making it. <laughs> it's great. Thanks, friends. Thanks, Colton. Yeah, so thanks for everybody that has been listening and rating again. That makes me very happy. Five out of five bags of diarrhea to all of you. And um, I'd give five bags to Randy for putting up with us, mm -hmm. listening to this nonsense. 
week after week after week. It's bullshit. But today was very truthful. I mean, there was so much factual. We went over a lot of historical moments Mm -hmm. in this country and even uh, overseas. So there was just a lot of stuff that we covered today that is – if you want to look it up, uh, you can, but some of it's underground, so you might not be able to find it. You could definitely find the court drawing of Tina when she farted and the the fart that saved the world, basically. Let's be on. Mm-hmm. Not only it saved her, but saved the world. You know, you can. You don't have to look it up. No. You could take our word for it. Yeah, just why don't you take our word for it? You could go to the library. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, with what's what's called microfiche. You can go through a microfiche, and you can find that drawing of Tina in the courtroom when she was a young girl. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but there's a uh, program called Microsoft Word. <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar, look it up. Check it out. Go on Bing.com. Bing.com, the greatest search engine. They didn't pay us to say that. I want everybody to know that. I use Google. Okay. And even if they did pay us, I still wouldn't advertise for them because they're Bing. Who they're are? Bing and they're boring. You're like the Kmart of internet searches. Yeah. And not even like a good Kmart, like a really old Kmart that never got updated. You're like a Kmart that has never had its floors mopped, which like, is all of them. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. All right. Make sure you come back next time because there'll probably be more stuff. We don't know, though. I'll let you know how it goes. Farting on my butthole. (laughs) Farting on your finger. (laughs) The next level, then, would be put your finger by your nose, which I haven't done, but I'm fully prepared to do that. Smell it after? You want to see what you're turning out? Absolutely not. I'll vomit. I know my body. It's your own essence, Tina. I understand that, but... I promise y'all vomit. Guys, follow Libby's advice. Stick your finger right near your asshole. <laughs> and uh, due to her advice, only one finger. Don't put a whole hand there. Nope. So keep it'll, us updated. It'll mess up the, uh, what's it called? The PSI of the fart that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stick a tire pressure gauge inside your anus and fart. No, I guess actually you have to stick that part. Right next to your asshole and let it fart out and see yeah. how much PSI it has. Wow. That's fun. This week when I go to Quick Trip to fill up my tires, I'm going to squat. <laughs> I'm going to just squat right over their little curb they have there and I'm going to let a little toot out. Well, if it's not at least 37 PSIs, you shouldn't be walking around. I should just. It's not safe to. It's bad for your body it's bad for your gas mileage no yeah you're absolutely right 37 psi that's how strong your fart should be and if it's not 37 psi then you better fill that baby up <laughs> 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 oh fuck all right we love you thanks for listening to slop city bye, bye. Yeah.